0: All right, man. Well, it's been a solid podcast. I think we covered a whole butt ton between MLS's back and then. A butt ton. A ton of butt. stupid brothers podcast presented by the brotherly League game i'm aj down in fredericksburg virginia joined by my co-host and my brother
1: i am luke i am up here in philly and it is episode 67?
0: 67 67 yeah. um two away from the big one <laughs> <Two> um, <away. laughs> episode 69 we got this <laughs> Anyway, that. it's August twelfth. Uh, we'll be talking all things MLS is back. Now that MLS is back is not back. It's gone. And then we'll in the second half we'll talk about MLS is back with um the season getting going again. So <laughs> we got a full full episode. But first we're gonna break down the semifinal loss against Portland. So Luke, walk us through some stuff while my computer decides to beat my computer. Sure.
1: Yeah. So it was. Uh man, that was a frustrating game. Uh, we were all like getting hyped up. This is the semifinal game that where all these other all these big teams are out of this out of the tournament. And so we we're like, oh, we're looking good. It's got to get past Portland. and We're in the final, but it was not the best performance. And you know, like we've seen, it wasn't like the strongest Union te- performance throughout the whole tournament. You could say, but this This Portland game was pretty lackluster I feel like the union looked pretty slow. The goals they gave up it, it, so yeah they lost two uh, two one obviously, but uh yeah, they gave up two frustrating goals offset pieces, just like not not keeping with their marks, which is just really frustrating'cause it wasn't it just made it really easier for portland to score those goals, and you know we didn't really give much else up um, outside of those those set pieces so it was frustrating there's you know a lot, a lot going on there we get we'll get into like the you know the pk miss and then the offsides call but it was just you know just it was it just what wasn't a United unit and i could something we could kind of like pick up on pretty early in the game and it just you know combination of poor performance and bad luck it just uh, didn't happen for us
0: yeah yeah i would agree to everything you said um yeah, and and I'm just thinking. I feel like on, on the podcast we've said multiple times the Union did not play their best, and I think everyone kind of thinks of the Union's best game as that LAFC game early in the year, and that was like top-notch Union. Mm-hmm. And I like how how much do we continue to say that that's the Union? You know, how right. how are like how long until we're like, okay, that was a uh, that was a fluke game. Um, and and our, uh, the way we played in the tournament is more, um, what we should expect. Now, that being said, you know, the way we played in the tournament, um, yeah, it was an ugly loss and, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little negative. That's fine. But all in all, we only lost one game in the whole tournament, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Lost to the
1: champion. And then we only, when we tied to the, other team in the final so that's not terrible
0: yeah yeah so so i mean easily you would say we were probably the third best team in the tournament um so even though we kind of haven't felt like we played our best we still found results and ways to win and that's not always been the way the union did things in the past we usually did the opposite we'd usually find ways to shoot ourselves in the foot and lose so um yeah yeah it's like a way to go out and I think we were all hoping for better. Oh, well, I guess once you start moving along in a tournament, your thought is always get to the final and win it. But um, I'd say also if you asked us at the beginning beginning of the tournament, a semifinal exit, would you take it? I, I don't think many Union fans would say no. Right. Uh, I, was, I think we'd all be accepting of that, even though the Union were one of the so-called... Our course favorites but really the union are never a favorite you know until we've actually done anything you can't really say that we're a favorite so um gosh let's 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 get into the santos pk let's just jump into that okay yeah because we don't really need to break down the game too much but maybe right. just some, some big moments yeah. so the, gosh
1: the, 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 so yeah this the, the pk it's I don't know. It was so, it was freshing. And and I I remember like when that, when we got that call and it was like a pretty, I was honestly a pretty soft call to the, the it was like Montero drew a foul off of Blanco. Yeah. um And I even, I I still got nervous about it. I was like, oh, we got this P and Eric. I, I was sitting with, watching with Erica and she was like, oh man, this is great for you guys, right? This is great. And I was like, I don't know. We're always really, really bad at PKs and you, it's never a sure thing with the union. Because, and then it's also because we don't have a designated a kicker um it's you know this player is a side on the field and that's what Curtin has stood by and uh, and it happened in this in this game obviously and it was kind of a bad omen when you heard John strong saying Santos has never had a recorded pK in his career and he steps up onto the spot so
0: all right. so I, I don't okay. know. yeah was- so I'm gonna react a little bit of what you're saying so um Yeah, definitely a soft call, Uh, agreed there. Um, and people are surprised with Santos taking a PK. I think you need to take a step back and think like, okay, well, Curtin's always had the philosophy of players are going to decide who takes a PK during the game. Okay. If you're looking at this tournament as a whole, who's the guy who's been scoring all the goals, Sergio Santos. Um, and it's like not even close. No one else was even really close to being dangerous uh a lot would you agree like like who else like so yeah i can't argue that yeah so you've got your best goal scorer stepping up 12 yards from the from the goal and yeah he blew it but no one should have been surprised to see him taking it that's that's where i was kind of like like yo it's a striker he should be able to score from 12 yards obviously he didn't so everyone's gonna be pissed about it but leading up to that like it shouldn't be that surprising to people um montero also had a couple free kicks before that and they sucked i mean it's not like he was looking dangerous on his free kicks so right. i i wouldn't have felt comfortable with him stepping up 12 yards from the from the goal line like um so, and that was uh, the, only other guy, that's the only other guy who i was thinking like might step up to take yeah. it uh i guess bedoya could have um yeah. but like who's it gonna be Serge, uh, it's gonna be montero who had blown a couple free kicks from 18 yards out, like not even close. I mean, these free kicks should be dangerous as he eventually put one on frame, Um, but they weren't. So why would he get a chance to take a PK when we've got a guy who's a hot striker? Um, So yeah, I mean, obviously it sucks he missed it, but uh, like Curtin said after the game, like we had plenty of chances, and he didn't miss it at the end of the game. He missed it at the end of the first half, which means he got a whole nother half where you've just got to come out and make up for it um you've already got blake making a bunch of saves in the back because we came out slow and uh we we had some like sloppy giveaways um so yeah i i don't know what that i i I think yeah the only thing
1: the only thing i will say about that is I, I don't know. I feel like we we always seem to be reliant on, or what or always seems to be that Bedoya steps up in big moments and like playoff games. Like in the Red Bull game, he he draw he got the first goal to start that comeback. So I don't know. I I feel like you could rely rely on your captain in a in a game where it doesn't look like we're we're at our our top form, and he always is steps up in pressure situations. So that's that's I don't know. That's how I. Looking back, I, I would it, I could see Bedoya being a logical um, pick for PKs, and I don't, honestly, just like most PKs, not just in like a playoff or a knockout game, I feel like he's the guy that has the demeanor to just put those away. But yeah, I, I really I'm not gonna. There's nothing else I, I can really argue against what you were saying. It, it all makes yeah. sense. But
0: it, yeah, and it, I that with Bedoya, but he he yeah. wasn't exactly having the best of tournaments. I yeah. mean, he's he's been okay, but he might also be a guy who was not the most confident at that moment. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it also speaks volumes that you didn't even mention Casper to be a possible taker.
0: Okay, so let's get into Casper. Yeah. Lock and load. (laughs) Okay, so... And let me just preface this with asking you a question, okay? Mm -hmm. This season you bought a new jersey. Whose name is all in the back? I know, it has Casper. All right, cool. Um, (laughs) So we all understand what's happening, and we can move on, but let's talk about it anyway. So I... And f- I was frustrated because, and I, I went off with you and dad about this, but um, I just don't get why Casper kept getting the benefit of the doubt for all of these games, particularly. I, I know the team wanted to win, but he played 518 minutes. Sergio only played 280. He played twice as much as Sergio. Andrew Vooten. Who last year we were at this exact time of the year we were very excited to bring him in he was lighting up the German second division this was supposed to be a guy who was scoring he saw 40 minutes like I I, I don't understand why vooten did not get at least I mean he came he came and say I played a full half of a game like it and we've talked about we've got we thought we had depth on the bench and um, yeah, I trust the coaches know a little better, but, like, we we can't say we know what Andrew Vooten is. And he hasn't had a chance to – I mean, well, we played, what, three group stage, three knockout stage that didn't really count towards regular season. You couldn't have given him more than, you know, 30 minutes in a game.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: came in uh, at this one um, – I, well, I just had it up – in the 72nd minute. So, he got 18 minutes in this game um and i'm not even saying like he's looks like he's lighting it up but like how can a striker gain any momentum he like uh he he came in when he was a sub and he was like a little super sub speedy dude and he just outran um defenders because he was quick that's that's not vooten's game vooten isn't going to be the speedy little dude who's going to out outrun someone down the wing. Right. He's more of a standard striker, and so, and the kind of idea is that Vooten and Shabilko aren't going to play together at the same time because they're very similar in the way that they play. So why not let Vutin try to play? As and I mean, Casper played all that time; he only had one goal in the tournament, and yet Sergio um, got subbed out every second half, like. He, he i don't know if he saw the 70th minute in any games um i'd have to go back and look but he only played 280 minutes so 280 divided by 6 uh gosh that's is that right i'm just thinking like that's gonna be under 50 minutes 280 divided by six Well,
1: he was out the first game because of the injuries and that's also a factor like okay i completely agree with your point but he also like was yeah he missed the first game due to an injury and, and that's also like, i feel like that's why he got subbed out all those games because this fitness and just being cautious with his injury but yeah i i, I really can't argue that if should have gotten way more shot in this tournament over yeah. over casper
0: yeah, it's just, I just don't get like why we just kept sticking with the same thing. Right. And then that leads into the next point of, all right, so Sergio's coming out on average at the 56th minute for the same exact person every time, El Cino. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I would have to go and look at, you know, what was our uh, plus minus after he came in in the tournament and how did it look. But visually, I don't think we looked any more dangerous. Um. Or any more safe when it came in when he came in i felt like we just kind of stalled out for the last half hour of most games and sat there you know sitting on our hands hoping that we weren't going to give up a goal it's not like we were blowing teams out yeah or we had safe leads or it was like every game was within one goal other than the kansas city game which was all based on a first half burst right um Yeah. yeah
1: And with the no. el senior sub it felt it's always so frustrating because it feels like or at least recently because it feels like when we obviously we sub in el senior we go switch to like a four two three one and yet there's no like other winger to like balance out that formation on the on the left side so like we're we're definitely always like a more right sided attacking team but like when we bring in el senior it really really hampers that like even more because it seems like you almost need to add like another sub just to bring in like another winger who i don't even know who that would be like maybe fontana to like be a winger on the left side just to give that outlet on, on that end so yeah when you bring an Cino, it's just like that focus just pushes even more into the right side and become even more predictable
0: offensively yeah
1: and you just do it every time
0: yeah you know? yeah um yeah uh it, i i I was not thrilled with the coaching as the tournament went on. Yeah. Some results, but, um, I don't see it being a formula that's going to pay dividends down the road. Like, I don't think, I mean, you can't just keep relying on El Cino to come in for the last half hour and hope that the team holds on for, uh, the last 30 minutes while you sub in central defenders at the six and whatnot. Yeah. Um, like, and so then, uh, I, yeah, and then I'm just thinking about guys like Fontana. He saw 45 minutes this tournament. Um, Matt Real, he saw five minutes. DeVries, saw six. I mean, we weren't expecting DeVries to really do anything, but, like, right. I was ba- like-
1: expecting to see more of Galena because he got into games last season. Like, obviously, yeah. like, also, like, small minutes but like in a tournament like this we thought it was set up for guys like him to get in there especially with this attacking court the way it is like you feel like he could have been another offensive option i I, i'm pretty sure he had some injuries as well to start the tournament but you think he could have gotten into the kansas
0: city game at least i don't know yeah oh yeah i mean we're we're in a semi-final game trying to win you want to win this tournament um we made two subs after the 72nd minute. We didn't sub another guy in. And so you made a sub at 59 and 72 and that's it. When you've got five subs you can use and you're not going to try to shake things up to try to win the game. Cause I, I just didn't really see us doing anything different. Um, Mm -hmm. And we scored a late goal off of a free kick where Vutin at least jumped on the rebound, which like, I looked where Casper was. He was on the back post. So if the ball went to the back post, maybe he would have been the guy who scored it. But mm-hmm. near post, boot and Bootin beat the defender there. So good for him. Um, but yeah, in the tournament, he had as many goals as Casper, and Casper mm-hmm. played eight times as many minutes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so
1: let's let's move on and get move past the frustration of the subs, and let's go talk about the the controversial uh, offsides goal that okay. should have been a goal or could have been a goal
0: yeah so i mean this this one of the things i thought was the biggest bummer about this other than the fact that we lost the game mm-hmm. was it would have been another highlight reel for aaronson right. because he took that ball he took it at three defenders and then uh just dropped it off for casper who uh, the defend his defender left to join um to try to stop aaronson it was just the way he drew the defenders all to himself so that he could give it to someone else it was would have been another highlight reel another one that he could have you know sent over to europe and say hey look at me i'm yeah. also
1: yeah so so the offsides call i'm like conflicted to as, as to where i stand on it because i feel like the right call was was made it i think we saw i saw on, on twitter that that it was like an inch was the difference, like an actual inch was the difference between it being offsides or on. But so like technically the right call was made. It's just really frustrating that um the ref called it on the like the assistant ref called it. So that's that was the 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 call in the field when the entire game at the the at least they are on the other side of the field was was letting offsides call to go off offsides call calls go and then to like because of var and like that's what they're supposed to be doing and yet this one situation this ref calls it and if it stood and then went to var there's probably a good chance that this it just, it just stood as a goal so technically we it like it was the right call but it was just really frustrating because it seemed to be like the wrong way they ended at that result you know does that make sense yeah
0: yeah yeah totally get you
1: and i really hate the the fact that refs are now letting offsides call offsides plays go because it just like creates more. It just, it just doesn't make sense because it like defenders should are or, or, like, if they know a player's offsides, they let them go, but then the play keeps going and it's just like, it's really not the way it should be right now. But like, or at least in my opinion, so like I really shouldn't be arguing for that in this situation, but it just like the, the way it was, I don't know. It's just frustrating.
0: Yeah. I gotcha now you know what you know it was an inch that he was off do you wish you didn't know how close it was
1: um i don't know i think seeing that like helps me realize that like okay at least technically he was off sides i don't know like i'd rather not be like have it be i don't know still in question like maybe he was on or like like certain i don't know like certain screenshots he looked like he was on certain he didn't and there's some like there's that one twitter account that like does all the math and like maps it out and like does the model that shows that it was actually an inch off so i don't know i think that that kind of helps in my mind
0: yeah and i think that helps in the fact that it wasn't counted a goal i'd say it would hurt if they said goal went to var and then decided then i would be really pissed at var to say you took away a goal because of an inch like that's not that's not what i want var if i don't want var for anything but mm-hmm. definitely not calling blades of grass um yeah yeah that was a bummer and yeah. and who knows what would have happened to you sure. know yeah if that went up. to pk's and like oh man I... Ah, we went to pk's we were doomed <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i it would have been you know high anxiety and you know as we've yeah. seen the union aren't, aren't the most confident at the spot so that you know probably wouldn't most likely wouldn't have gone on our favor but you know we had andre blake so that could have Yeah. saved everything once again but it didn't happen and that's fine it, you know the better team to end up winning so
0: yeah um uh yeah so then portland went on i mean i don't really do we we don't really need to talk about anything else from that game i think we beat it yeah yeah
1: we're all all moving past it at this point so
0: yeah yeah Yeah, the final was last night um at the time of recording it wasn't that exciting it felt very similar to watching the union game except i didn't care at all um right I didn't yeah. want Orlando to win so that they couldn't say that they've won anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was pretty much the only thing. So and I also would have felt a little weird if Orlando won while the tournaments in their backyard.
1: Right. Yeah, it would have put, a, put an extra asterisk on that tournament if they, yeah. if they would have won after yeah, because they've been historically terrible team. But it it is kind of almost it it's it's frustrating to see that they're looking so good though because they did look good in this tournament and even in the final so I mean Oscar is doing something right but yeah I don't I don't like the fact that they're good so I'm glad that they lost and yeah Portland did the same thing that us. they just kind of held strong defensively and then used their I think they score with two center backs so I don't even like it was just you know they just figured it out
0: yeah um yeah, who were their center backs who scored? Actually, sorry. Uh,
1: so it was Super Rich was the scored the f- the second the game winning goal, and then it was wasn't it was Mabiala who scored the first goal. Okay,
0: yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, okay. I was just gonna say I listened to a podcast today with uh, Chris Duval of Portland. He's one of their oh, back. Okay. Yeah, 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 he's he is a funny, dude. Um, BSI the pod had him on, and yeah. he talked a little bit about the bubble and the final and stuff. <laughs> it was it was good, but. Yeah, so MLS is back is gone. Award season is coming out right now for the tournament. Yeah. And very own Andre Blake won Golden Gloves. So that's pretty cool. I I think everyone would agree. Anyone who's listening to this podcast would agree that he deserved that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And even and those like the the media vote was I think over fifty percent voted for for Blake and then it was funny seeing like the fan vote. It was like seventy something percent voted for the Orlando keeper. So you know Orlando yeah. was stuffing that ballot, which I mean I go it was decent too. But this it, it was definitely Blake's award to win. He was life saving for the union, and it was it's most likely that they wouldn't have gotten even into the knockout rounds potentially without
0: Blake. So yeah, he, that's he why had a great he tournament earned that. Yeah,
1: it was that's cool that he also
0: was. Uh, sorry, what, what was that? Were you going to say he was also up for player of the tournament? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we both know that. Uh, and then Brendan Aronson came in second in the young player of the tournament voting behind Diego Rossi, who also won the Golden Boots, so no real surprises there. Yeah. Um, but good for Brendan. All right. Uh, best and worst of the whole tournament as a whole? Yeah. So, so get- yeah, who
1: is your best of the whole tournament, which is, I guess... It's gonna be hard to differentiate our votes in this one because of... <laughs> <laughs> but who who do you got?
0: Um I'll, I'll i guess I'll take Andre Blake or one hundred.
1: Sh- Shacker. Um I'm gonna go with Andrew Bootin. No, Crick- I'll go with I'll crickets. go with uh I'll go I'll go with Aronson, just with his yeah. uh his, his his how much attention he's got and his uh and i feel like his value value was shot up just from this tournament so yeah cool. he made him,
0: he made himself a lot of money in this this covid time yeah
1: who would be your union worst of the
0: tournament though um i mean i can talk about it again if you want oh, okay yeah i guess we th- we covered that as well <laughs> yeah i think casper had just a terrible tournament um yeah. he had one goal on on a play that was pretty much made by two other guys doing a lot of the work his finish was definitely a great casper finish but yeah, I think he was just asleep and overplayed.
1: Yeah. So. All right, here. I'll, all right, I'll change it up then. Yeah. Kind of. I'll go with I'll go with Curran as my unionist mm-hmm. Just because of also the things we talked about and yeah, his his lack of flexibility was a little bit frustrating in this this whole whole process.
0: Yeah, yeah. Play your kids, but really only just play the two and yeah. have. And I get we wanted to win it. And he definitely wanted to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess just to be devil's advocate on that final thoughts on the bubble, the union got seven points from the bubble. They only lost one game in the bubble. They, they made a nice run in the bubble. Um, yeah, if you had asked, asked me before this all began, before the tournament began, uh, how would you feel if the union only lost one game and one what they went 4-1 one, and 1. Mm-hmm. Would you take that? Yeah. Yeah, every union fan would take that in a heartbeat. Um so yeah, it was negative this this ending, but uh all in all, like we were one of the only teams left to cheer for. We were we got to enjoy it a lot longer than anyone else. We got to see our players um shine and get talked about more than most and and yeah, it, it was all in all a victory for the union, despite what we talked about for the last half hour.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, most importantly, like none of the union players or staff got uh, infected with COVID, and there were no positive cases in the union. So that's like number one. Health was positive that they that they got out safe. It's um, the same with you know the rest of the tournament, mainly outside of the the two teams. So you know, good on the on the whole.
0: Yeah, seriously. The
1: cool for getting, like. get, making sure that all went through fine because it was pretty rocky to start. So, good thing that that was all figured out and, and they're safe. But, um, yeah,
0: yeah two, no. fun, two funny notes on the end of the tournament it mm-hmm. was a world record. Did you see that? The Guinness Book oh, of World yeah, Records. Yeah. And, uh, then the other note is the union also made $100,000 for being a semifinalist. The MLS in their silly little wording said the prize for the tournament would be 1.1 million dollars but it came out that the winner of the tournament only got 300,000 of that and the rest of it was kind of spread out throughout the prize pool so even play even teams that were just in the group stage uh could have won some money for just winning a game so kind of funny and the thank goodness the union got a hundred thousand dollars so uh i don't know i don't know what they'll pay for but Maybe I'll go towards replacing Brendan Aronson or Mark McKenzie, which we'll talk about after a break. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's do it. Let's have a break.
0: All right. Let's, let's take a break. Hey guys, two P brothers podcast here presented by the brotherly game. AJ and Luke, we're moving on from Portland. So you don't have to hear us complain. Um, But yeah, anytime you lose a tournament, you got a little sour taste in your mouth. So yeah, thanks for listening to us complain for a little bit um so let's talk uh aaronson mckenzie it's been a little more talk about their transfers um yeah and, so uh, yeah know, go you talk yeah now, I'm, talk. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna give it
1: a shot i'm gonna, I'm gonna talk
0: all right let's see, um, let's see. <laughs> uh
1: so there's a interview with Curtin on um sean brace's show the the gambler um and he was saying how there's there is real offers coming in now for mckenzie and and aaronson and that they're going to have like current and like their the the front office are going to have like meetings this end of this week to like discuss you know next steps and like how to you know keeping that conversation and and that whole momentum moving forward so it seems like it's it's moving in the direction of these players are going to get sold
0: yeah it's it's kind of inevitable um and i wonder if there's a chance we've seen the last of one or both of them playing for the Union.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was thinking that at the end of the Portland game, like you know, really get into the Negadelfia feeling. I was like, this could be the end of Aronson's time with the Union, which would be so sad. But like, obviously, like we we want this to happen for these players. These, you know, the Mackenzie and Aronson, like both deserve the chance to play at the next level and and you know, go to Europe and everything. But it would just be like so selfishly, so sad to see them gone and and see, say say that we've seen the last minutes of them in in Chester. Yeah. So um yeah, hopefully it dra- maybe it drags out a bit and we get the rest of the season maybe and you know and then it ends up with a bigger price tag so like win win for everyone but yeah it's difficult um
0: yeah I'm uh expecting to open a package this weekend for my birthday. And I know one of them is from MLS. I know I've been talking about getting an Aaronson jersey and no, I'm thinking like, holy smokes. What so if I open it up and like I never get to see him play while I wear it or something like that? But then, then the hope is that Paxton joins and just wears 22 as well. So yeah. it would work. Um, it would but you be don't...
1: so us that you would get that jersey and he gets sold like next week.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I totally <laughs> expect it. Totally expect it. Um, And like, those are the two. Like, I was like, well, if Aronson goes, I'd love to get a mackenzie jersey right If mackenzie goes aaron's in jersey <laughs> um but maybe i'll just double down on casper and get another casper jersey and we, maybe yeah. we can like the curse of your jersey mm-hmm. um so today's the 12th just thinking about the first game back is actually not that far away it's the 21st yeah. so
1: it's a, a week from friday
0: wow okay it's that's that's really really cool yeah. um 'Cause yeah, I was thinking we were gonna have a guest soon, but at the end of their bubble time obviously we weren't gonna get him in here. But maybe as they prepare, it might not be we might we have to might might have to wait a little while because the boys have to be preparing right away for a rematch with the Revs. Yeah. Who I wonder if Bruce Arena he probably knows who we are now, right?
1: Us individually.
0: Well no, not us individually. <laughs> no one knows who we are individually. <laughs> the union man and, and he, also, he's probably will, forgotten by now about the union will he even be able to coach that game do we know oh wait he got that right no. right
1: yeah you're right He you won't be able to
0: <laughs> no that's, that's awesome oh, so man. he still won't know who we are <laughs>
1: <laughs> no we play him twice though so by
0: the whatever date that is is, so will know by that time hopefully okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> um oh, so what man. do you think i mean You texted me saying that the schedule is starting to develop. It's pretty cool. Six games scheduled. um, All kind of local-ish. Eastern Conference teams, obviously. So we got the Revs twice, Red Bull twice, DC and the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, Thoughts on, on that little package of games?
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know. I feel I have conflicted thoughts. Like obviously, I want to see the union play, and I want to see them play in 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 Chester. But first of all, I don't think it it hasn't been officially decided if if fans can go into the stadium, and if they can, it'd be very very uh, limited. So I don't I don't know if I'd even hook up or going. But it I don't know. It, it feels I don't know. it's because it's just conflicting. Like with the player's safety, like being. You know the, the and players and staff safety being the the most important thing. Having them outside of the bubble and traveling and going to play these games feels risky, and I feel like that should be. I I don't I don't know they're they're addressing that as much as they can, but it's it's never going to be completely safe, in current times. So it's I don't know I was I was, I was a little bit surprised to see that they were playing so soon, but. You know they, they they're they doing all they can with 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 testing and making everyone safe so hopefully it, it works out and hopefully there's they continue the streak of zero you know positive cases um and it, and it works out but you know when when they start you know players leaving the bubble and going home and seeing family and being able to do things outside of just sitting in a hotel room while they're not playing soccer like it it just makes things more risky like how we're we're all dealing with life right now. So I don't know. It's, it's, I, I hope it's okay, but it, it's, it makes a few, you know, it's cause it's still sports. It's not, you know, priority or, or necessary to do. So it feels almost a little reckless that, it, that it's happening, but hopefully it, it goes well.
0: Yeah. I, I, I would say I wouldn't be as nervous if baseball was going better, if you didn't have, right. you know, teams who are coming down with the virus, who have to delay their games. Um, and then other series being delayed and stuff like that because players weren't taking it seriously or teams weren't. Now with that being said, like MLS just had a very successful event. And I do believe that that was taken seriously and hopefully a nice, I don't know, just just a wake up call to all of sports, but particularly the, soccer players and staff and all are like, "Yo, know, this can happen. We can make this work, but we have to make it work. It's not going to just magically start working on its own. Um, and I don't think, you know, it didn't seem like the baseball organizations really understood that. Like Miami Marlins came out and said they didn't take all the precautions seriously. Um, and I think the Cardinals or something, I don't, I don't care for baseball, but it is, it is, Tough when you have moving pieces and things going in and out, people going in and out of different areas. And that that's where, yeah, obviously you're going to get it. And um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully it's all done right and everyone does their job correctly, uh, like the rest of America should be doing, but it's not doing. And hopefully we can at least quarantine and watch some soccer being played well. Right. The cool, now the union are not allowing people into the stadium but you can get yourself a cardboard cutout for 40 bucks yeah that's cool yeah uh are you, are you thinking you might do one
1: i don't think so but it's a good idea i'm you know fill something and put something in that stadium you know
0: yeah oh uh, i'm i'm happy to say i've already bought one really Breaking news. yep oh. uh, i i did i got one not of me but of keegan oh, so that's,
1: that's good that's good
0: yeah I, th- I thought it'd be cool and um the the what sealed the deal is that they said at the end of the season you can come pick them up so oh cool nice yeah okay. if, if they were just gonna like trash them or whatever um i wouldn't really care right but i guess it would suck if it rains or something or if there's not good weather yeah i wonder what, what their plan maybe they just don't put them out hopefully yeah. they don't.
1: Put- or maybe they're just like i don't know maybe they're kind of like coated so it, it's fine but yeah it's funny
0: yeah Oh, that'd be uh,
1: cool! It'd be so cool to see him on uh, on TV. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I can't wait to get it and just like hide it around the house and stuff. Oh yeah, it's good. You can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, no, no point in trying to break down those games. We'll we'll start breaking down those games a little more next week on the pod. So we're going to. I'm ready to move into the big end of segment. Yeah. Let's all right cool. So we started this last week. It is our Union Hall of Fame first five in pro- project is a loose term, but segment. Um, and we base this off of a friend's podcast, 25 stories that made MLS their season. We had them on last year. Um, they were very successful with their podcast and their second season, they are inducting 25 players into the MLS hall of fame so not u.s soccer but a strictly mls one so this past week they had Jaime moreno in they told his story stats and why he was right behind landon donovan so me and luke last week made a list of nominees for the union first five hall of fame i'll list the nominees um and then we did a little Research found some stats, uh, some noteworthy items for different players. And so we're not going to share all that. You know most of the stats. I mean, we all know Latu is a pretty pretty legit pick, so we don't need to tell all of his stats and all. But we each came up with a list of five, um, or Latu plus four, if you will. Uh, we'll announce our five. We'll see if anyone made it unanimously. And if there's any one that's not unanimous me and luke will argue talk about their stats and why we think they should be in um and maybe maybe i'll have you put on twitter or something and yeah. if there's a split decision on someone um this this has been fun and hopefully we don't have the same five because if we do this would be a very boring segment um it's gonna be boring i bet it's gonna be um, I do have a six just in case the first five or four are all the same. That I'm just going to throw in the six just to... Yeah,
1: Yeah, I was I was six and seven that I, I could argue at least.
0: Okay. we yeah. maybe, maybe we'll go another second five in next week if we need to. Um, and yeah, if we had nothing to talk about, we were going to, do like, I don't know, tell some more stories about the players, do a little more research, but looks like we'll have some games to talk about soon, so won't have too much stuff to time to kill. But anyway without further ado let me tell you who our nominees were and then me and Luke will uh, give you our selections and we'll see if anyone is unanimous in him so our nominees were Sebastian Latou Alejandro Bedoya Andre Blake Ramon Gaddis, CJ Sapong Danny Califf Timothy Curtin Brian Carroll Jack Elliott uh, Farid Mondrigan Shannon Williams, Carlos Carlos Valdez, and Mr. Kevin Casey. So, and some of you might be saying, like, where's Aronson? Well, he's only been on the team for two years. Tough to build a Hall of Fame resume in that time. So all of these guys kind of have been around for a while, long enough to make a resume worth being on our nominee list. So Luke... um.
1: Do you, want How, me, do you want to go with my first pick?
0: Okay, Latu. All right. Yeah.
1: Do you want to go with my second pick?
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, so yeah, I guess we're going first five in. Um, I guess unanimously we both agree Latu is number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, yeah.
0: No point arguing. 50-50 club, one of only 19 players in the MLS 50-50 club, um, 175 games in MLS for the union. Uh, U.S. Open Cup all-time leading scorer. He's our ring of honor. And also he's in the booth now still doing some work with the union. So it's not even like he's gone from the team, which I think is a cool thing and definitely cements his spot as the number one Hall of Fame pick for the union. Yeah, that's All easy. Right. Who's your number two?
1: So my number two is, I'm sure you'll have him too somewhere on your list, but not my number two would be Andre Blake. So, he's obviously. I will tell you.
0: Solid. I do not have Blake on my list. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, he's he's just been with the team so long. He's incredibly talented. Um, we saw it in this tournament. We've seen it countless other times. He's he's been. I don't know. It's kind of a one of those players, and I feel like you it comes with a position as well. You'd be kind of for you know you forget about him because he's the goalkeeper he's been with the team you know they don't need to rest for injuries but it's always Blake it's always you kind of always know what you're going to get with him and you know there are obviously like he's not perfect but he has been so good for so long for this team that I can't not have him on my list and I can't back up with much I don't have like the stats in front of me but I think he's He's earned it. I think he's been an incredible. Like I could, I could see him becoming our captain if he stays with the team for another year or so after badoya is gone. Like if, like he's just, he just kind of been been a rock for the Union.
0: Okay, you know he's never scored a goal. <laughs> Are I got you that sure? right here. Oh, I've got that set right here. No goals. Um, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a good pick. Uh, but not on my list. Okay, so. Why don't you give me? Let's go down your whole list, and then I'll give you my list, and we'll just see how we compare, and then we'll eliminate some guys. Does that or is that that sounds right?
1: Okay. So me, want to just keep going.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Who well, I'll see it. All
1: right. My next one is Bedoya. Okay. Um. You know, I could. Everyone pretty much knows his his accolades, but with the yeah. team, he's just been you know the the best team captain, leader on and off the field. He comes up in in the in the pressure big moments and let's see he, he's played 108 games already for the union 11 goals and they're always we, we've said it before they're always the big goals the, the t- when you need them goals so he's just been the best captain and uh, he has to be on in, in my hall of fame list
0: Um, I will say I had him too so he will be a unanimous yeah, unanimous pick to enter the hall of fame congratulations That's... Alejandro Bedoya Cool. Um, also to note, he's also a leader off the field with his stances on, um, I guess human rights is what, I'm, what I want to say. Not just like gun violence, but he he's been very strong in his voicing his opinions and stuff. And yeah. he does it as a person, not not uh, political, not one side. But he's just he likes to say he's a person. He's a father. He's he's just a guy who's walking down the street, and that's where his yeah a lot of his opinions come from. Cool, and and oh, obviously, yeah. like
1: as important as those are, like I think it's also worth noting that like those things, like his his voice is also like has gotten the union more attention as well. And obviously, it's more important to get his message, you know, all the attention that it deserves. But like he's being the person he is, is given the union more um, attention nationally and even internationally. Mm-hmm. Um. So then my my the next guy on my list, um, it's Drake Addis. Ray right Gattis. Yeah. I mean he, he's just he's stuck around so long that it's it you can't not put him on the list. He's you know the appearance leader, he the minutes lead, uh, minutes leader so it's and, and I know we've been rough with him for a long time and recently he's been great so there might be recency bias but he's I I don't know. I I I will could will say that you there's a good argument that he's been improving since his rookie year with the union and he's been with the team the whole, his whole career. So we've seen his whole, his whole progress. And there's obviously been like, you know, ups and downs to that, but I I think he's, he's a, another really great guy off the field as well. So that, that helps. But even, but on the field, I want to, you know, you got to give him credit. He's hard to take over the field, a lot of these games. So it's, it's deserved that he's got all these, Minutes, but also this, I, I, you know, I think he deserves to be in a, in a Hall
0: of Fame. Um, and and I may or may not surprise you. Uh, and my computer is completely frozen up. <laughs> Gaddis, <laughs> surprise. Um, Gaddis is actually my number two pick, and just to piggyback off what you said, um, and kind of along with what Bedoya has done for the team, um, i had Bedoya a little bit lower but they they've been a big part of the team culture, and um how players come in and how they're received. Uh, we've talked to guys uh personally who have mentioned them and' heard, heard it in other interviews is where they've mentioned Ray Gaddis as like a guy who you know is a veteran, doesn't have to come talk to them but has made a point to come talk to a new guy, same thing with Bedoya. and so they've really built the culture around the team, and so not only have they both had successful union careers and some longevity, obviously with Gaddis and Bedoya, he's been like captain for four years now or something. Um, But they've, they've done stuff on the field with their play, but also within the locker room and stuff. And I think a lot of the openness and uh, that the safe environment that the union have when it comes to like guys like Mark McKenzie and Warren Cravall speaking out um a lot of that has to come from uh ray gaddis being a part of that locker room and um he's been one who's always been um true to his beliefs and uh he's he's always got a group of guys after after the game's praying and and it's just he he's been a big part of the union um culture and and thread of what that team's kind of made up of so yeah i actually had him right after latou Yes,
1: yeah. No, I, I. The ranking of my list could definitely be be swayed to. I I could see him moving up. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. All, All right. So my last pick. Yeah, who's um, your last one?
0: Um,
1: mine's gonna be. It's gonna be Jim Curtain. I don't. I don't know if you had him on yours, but I think, and I know we re ripped him and or bashed him a bit in the in the first half of this this podcast, but. I mean <laughs> whoops but I mean he, he deserves I think he deserves to be on this in, in the Hall of Fame as well but being that he, he won us our first uh, playoff game and got us this far into this tournament as well and just the fact that he stuck around so long with three very different um, bosses and he's doesn't seem to be moving anytime soon with, with Tanner and it's Seems to be always improving in in his coaching abilities, and for the most part, trusts you know young players and keeps his team moving in the right direction. And, and is such a good player coach, and and he speaks and he also speaks the culture of the union like Gattis does. That they are, always have such a strong you know team chemistry, and the players there's never any like drama, and that's that's a lot a lot of that has to do with with Curran and how he's how he approaches the the job of coaching and and this the game itself he's i don't know I, I think it's it'd be a disservice for him to to be not on my list so
0: never heard you talk so much um, I know, this is this is crazy yeah you're rambling a lot no yeah so i i had him as my number 3 actually over 200 appearances as a coach he has yet to score a goal or provide an assist so that's that's a little for lacking the for the union for the union um but yeah he's the longest tenured coach i believe um but first playoff win he's also led them to any success they've pretty much had as far as uh, open cups and and not that the union have technically had what you would call a success because they haven't won a tournament um but all the deep runs have been with him at the helm mm-hmm. like you said young players uh, surviving sporting directors a players coach a homegrown dude um Built the culture, an open, safe environment for players to come out and speak their mind, um, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and he's got a great style. great style. and yet people still sometimes want him fired, and I would say we we kind of ripped him in the first half of the podcast. I would not ask for him to get fired anytime uh, soon. Yeah, no way. I, I would uh, yeah, I'd say he's safe for another couple seasons. Um, and I'm just glad to know how to spell his name because that's something a lot of people still mess up. Yeah. All right. So you're, so your five is the Blake Bedoya goddess curtain. We're the same on off on four of them. I did not have Blake and yeah. I had two choices for my, my last one. I'm going to go with someone who, uh, gosh, I don't know if I could win an argument with this one, but I'm going to go CJ Sapong.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. So, reason being, uh, in Union history, he is the second leading goal scorer in Union history. He's made 135 appearances for the team, which I thought was holy smokes, that's a lot. I didn't realize he was um, on the Union that long. Uh, Like, I almost want to double-check that, but um, he's got the single-season goals record most goals in a season and uh yeah like i said second in history so it's kind of like money talks if you're gonna put the in for goals well who's next it's it's cj and it's not even like that close i forgot who was third but um and he's also got 14 assists to go with it with his time at the union so uh that, that's that's where i went um so you got Blake and Sapong as our last two um, guys who could be elected into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to leave it up to you to put it up on Twitter. And next week you can surprise me with which one was was elected.
1: Yeah, right, so yeah make a that poll- a Twitter poll.
0: Uh, okay. CJ Sapong also went to JMU, which makes him super cool. But we were also – oh, we met them both at the same day actually.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, at the um the super draft, draft. when Absolutely. yeah Blake got drafted. We we took a picture with him, but we also it yeah, was when CJ oh. just got signed, so he was there.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. Okay, so yeah, so much for me making that argument about hanging out with him at the draft because we also saw Blake. <laughs> All right, so there you go. You got uh four pretty solid ones and a little argument between Blake and Sapong, a goal stopper and a goal scorer. Um. Yeah, maybe, maybe next week we can do a next five or something if we want to keep talking about it, if we don't have enough to talk about for our full episode. But that's pretty cool, man. Who's your number six? Just curious. Yeah,
1: I was. Th- I was. Also, Pong would have been my number six. Um, okay. I was also. Maybe. Like, I almost want to throw in Jack Elliott, but I don't know if maybe he's. Maybe in another year or so to, for, for him. Yeah, I my... feel like he's gonna be in that spot, like he's gonna stick with union and play at the level that he's at that I think he could be there soon. And I think I think he's kind of on the bubble at the moment, but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay. But yeah, my bubble guy was uh Brian Carroll.
1: So yeah, I was looking into his stats and he is an incredible career, but with the union, not so much.
0: Like but it says 156 appearances. Is no, that that's
1: true? G- oh that's great. But like I just I was just like overwhelmed by everything else he's done with yeah. DC United. Like, with he went, he played for DC United for through twenty through twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen. He played for the team that won Supporter Shield. Ah, so it's four straight years he was on the best team of this, in the season, and that was with two different teams. And he's won two different MLS Cups, and and it's funny like seeing
0: he made the playoffs ev- with every team he was ever on until he came to the Union.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and it just kind of like in terms of accolades drops off. Which yeah. I mean, he played with us for a, a lot of time and he played and he was great for us, but it, it almost didn't reciprocate back to him, so his accolades with the Union aren't aren't much besides, you know, playing time and stuff like that. And he yeah, was a yeah. captain for
0: a, a a good amount of time, I yeah yeah he kind of got screwed over with his time with the union we just weren't good it was, it was
1: we were getting good
0: but it did not during true. his career yeah yeah um cool man yeah yeah he's up there just trying to think of anyone else who's had more appearances but he, he's definitely I mean between Gaddis Latu and him those are
1: yeah I mean you could, you could get Danny Caleb as just like first team captain and his kind of like Folk hero status, but I, think, I like think the folk hero
0: thing because he he only had sixty-seven appearances for us. Like it yeah. wasn't like he was a long standing guy. I think he's just a folk hero kind of guy who yeah. uh really established himself as that first captain and and we all love him for that. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I think kind like, of maybe an underrated shot is Shannon
0: Williams. Yeah, that was a guy I was gonna mention as just a long standing, could always count on him. It's that right back spot, man. Yeah. Um, if you can if you can get in that spot, not counting Keegan Rosenberry, (laughs) you can make yourself a nice little career with the union. And Ray had to wait his time on the left, but once he got that right, he's uh sticking around for a little while. Yeah. Um Yeah, sorry, Kevin Casey. You were you were up there. You've been I mean you've you've done more games than probably all those guys combined, but I had to go with players for this time, but there's always all his second round of MB, uh, what is this Hall of Fame voting? Come at you. All right, man. Well, that was wait.
1: A... Before we sign off, I think we should just mention a little bit about the Union too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Um. So yeah, so they had a pretty eventful week. Uh, this past week, so they fired. They parted ways with their coach, uh, Sven Gartung. Mm-hmm. Um and that was about or at least it was announced about an hour before their, their kickoff against the Red Bull. It was last Wednesday. And that game they ended up winning their first win of the season, three two. With uh Marlon LeBlanc at at, at the helm as, as a coach who they like hired to be the U seventeen coaches like, you know, maybe a month or two ago. So a lot happened with the team, but they got their first win, and they you know looked pretty good. There was a little scrappy win against Red Bull, who's a decent team as well. So pretty cool to see them get that result with all those circumstances. But then also we should mention that they um, had to reschedule their their previous game because of a, a positive test in the in the staff or within the team's. Specific range there was... that, that someone got to the spots where they had to reschedule a match against uh, Hartford. So a pretty eventful week for them for a lot of reasons, but some good ones. So I think they should at least get a shout.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Um and our, and our boy Paxton Aronson had a nice dummy for the game winning goal.
1: Yeah, it looked like Montero.
0: Yeah. So yeah, good stuff to the U2. Um hopefully hopefully they can start playing in the stadium. And I know there was a crowd of sons of Ben who were looking to go that game, um, in a very limited capacity. Hmm. So hopefully, I mean, maybe this whole thing delayed that whole idea, but, uh, yeah, that, that might be more likely than a union game because it's a little smaller operation, but yeah, hopefully that's cool. Hopefully they keep winning and, uh, Uh, Maybe we can reach out to some of those guys, see if we can get get a couple of them on the podcast, too. That would be fun to talk to some of those young dudes because they're just some young kids playing some soccer.
1: Yeah, a lot lot of really, really super young kids getting debuts this year and getting, you know, a couple got their first goals. So it's pretty cool to see that, that whole new generation of the, you know, the next possible Aronsons and McKenzie's and everyone. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been a solid podcast. I think we covered a whole butt ton between MLS's back and then a, a butt ton, a ton of, butt, and that's that man. That's that we will come back to you guys next week. Uh, be safe out there and keep being good people. Nice. Nice man. Dude, you talk so much.
1: I know that's crazy yeah well you you made me because of the the way we set up that segment but.
0: yeah yeah i guess i guess i should have said let's just say them and then we'll talk about why after or something but then you just kept going and then i was just like, was like who is this guy
1: <laughs> it's all my I, I, it's after the this weekend i'm now i'm just a talker oh is that what it is I don't, I don't know man i that saturday was the most i've talked in probably my whole life so
0: i didn't i didn't talk to you at all i don't think yeah well you know I was busy. Talk. Derek, Derek Jones got a red card in the fourth map.
1: I are you? I can't. I kept trying to turn it on, but like the ESPN Plus isn't working for this for that know. game.
0: I'm just I'm just kidding. Uh, he didn't. Yeah, he's still. Um. No, I don't have ESPN Plus right now. I need to get it.
1: You don't? How do you not have it?
0: Um, I got like hacked, and so then I just um changed my payment method and never fixed it for espn plus so wow Jeez. yeah they like they like bought some design app it's like 80 bucks but uh they use i, I don't know it's like all an old thing but somehow they got it um so i don't think they ever actually got it uh That's but right. yeah so regardless, i had to change up my old stuff No. Yep. yeah that sucks yeah um yo do you see uh away days like he's been putting some stuff out the postal service though right yeah yeah it sucks man like i and i'm glad like i know of him because otherwise i don't think i would have paid attention to any of that postal service stuff
1: yeah i mean i I knew it was like becoming a thing just because trump and like the mail-in voting and all that stuff but i didn't realize kind of the whole scope of
0: effects that it caused
1: yeah, or is causing, or whatever.
0: Right, right. Um, when are you gonna get here this weekend? Um, I'll leave
1: after work Friday, so like, for, you know, hopefully like seven ish Friday night. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Yeah, Hillary will be here around dinner time, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm shooting for. Hopefully, I can get off earliest Friday and then head down cool man yeah It'd be fun any you know of any like plans for the week or, or weekend or what we're doing
0: no idea cool. yeah cool. so we will see should be fun yeah man i'm excited Yep. all right man well good stuff tonight and i'll see you in a couple days yeah you too see you all right see you.